to the Speaking of Tangents podcast, the podcast for your ears. We are your hosts. My name is Jason. And I'm KJ, and in this episode, we talk baseball, football, soccer, hockey, basketball. Okay, all right, sorry. And I reveal the results of my Speaking of Tangents assignment, a review of the Bowl O'Dough from the Minnesota State Fair. And all of that is just in our weekend review. Up next, KJ puts her recommendation reputation on the line as she gives a recommendation that you won't want to miss. Or maybe you actually do want to miss the actual thing she recommends. We leave it up to you. And also, we play Do We Have a Guest? And we'll wrap it all up with your feedback. Which shall we say, accent, she waits. Even more food talk. All that, plus several conversational tangents. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happened. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. So, what's up this week? Well, hi, Jason. Good is up this week. Because oh, cool. baseball is at its best part of the season right now. Playoffs are coming. Do you still have those crickets to play? Because <laughs> this would be an appropriate spot for me to make it the cricket sound. I could dig that. I could dig the cricket machine out. <laughs> sound effects. Yeah. Uh yeah. The twins are at the twins are right up there, wild card leaders. Cubs mm-hmm. are leaders in their division. It's great. I know that the NFL is starting, but it's baseball for me. Another I don't watch the NFL till baseball season is pretty much over. I when mean I'll watch it, but I I'm not interested in it until baseball is pretty much over. Baseball's over. The season, the regular season ends the last weekend in September, beginning of October, and then the playoffs start after that. So well so into November. through to November, yeah. Yeah, early um, November. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Haven't watched a single pitch. Will not watch a single pitch this year. Yeah, you don't like baseball at all, is what you're telling me. Oh, no, it's below hockey and far below soccer to me now, which is something I never thought would come out of my mouth, you know, 20 years ago, but it's just not interesting to me anymore. Soccer and I can understand soccer. I played soccer. I like soccer, but hockey. Yeah. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that about hockey, you know, with the Hall of Famer and all, but I I, I was going to (laughs) say, be careful. Yeah. I, I hockey is, I like, okay, let me rewind. Hockey to me, Women's hockey is more interesting than men's hockey. And that is something I don't say about any other sport. As a woman, I should be like, yeah, go WNBA. I can't stand the WNBA. No, 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 you shouldn't. As a woman, you should be just like a human being. You're a human being first. You yeah. should pick the thing that is the better product. And that's what I do. Which is the NBA. Honestly, I mean, hey, nothing against WNBA. It is a completely different game, and it is not as good as the men's game to me. Uh, I agree. But for hockey, I, I, 
Hockey for men is all about smashing into the boards and the enforcer and all this crap. Uh, for women's hockey, you're not allowed to check. So you have, it's more um, grace. You have to stop. Skill. Yeah, skill. You have to move around. You have to figure out how am I going to get to the puck without banging somebody's head into the boards. It's just a different, it's a different game that I enjoy watching. Now, I enjoy watching men's hockey too at, at a game, but I'm not turning the TV on and watching it. The last I time I watched that, hockey on TV was the um, Olympics. I didn't realize that women's hockey, you couldn't check each other. You're, no, you're not supposed to. Huh. See, I had no idea. I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen. No, I take that back. I saw the Olympics. Uh, not the last Winter Olympics, but the one before that. I think it was Canada versus somebody that I saw. Uh, Canada versus the U.S.? Probably. I think they had a big match. Yeah, that's I've saw like part of one of those one of those and I can't I can't remember when that was. So but it's been a while. But yeah, uh, I actually prefer softball, women's softball to baseball. Uh, Okay, I should say that I do, but I don't because I played softball all through high school. Uh, But baseball, (laughs) I played baseball. Okay, well, then we're kind of flip flopping here. I don't find softball that that fun to watch. I'm just amazed at how they can pitch like that. Uh, yeah. It's very cool. Try hitting it. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also very much, um, it seems more energetic to me. It seems like they get into it more. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've turned on baseball, and I feel like they're standing around half the time. No, <laughs> they are. It's, it's not a good sport to watch it isn't to be honest, no you have to think. be a diehard really to sit there and watch a baseball game throughout the whole thing yeah I, it, and, it's hey, not for I, the casual I fan really that that. no i don't think so and it used to be yes, and it i did. don't know honestly i think in the late 90s when was that when all the steroids and stuff and they had the strike because i loved baseball in the 80s and the early 90s when i was a kid i played baseball i played little league up you know as long as they let you play um, whatever the age limit is now. Uh, and I didn't play like baseball in high school because I ran football. I ran track and played football in high school because mm-hmm. I much prefer football to baseball. But I, I loved baseball as a kid and I watched it. Uh, you know, I watched the major leagues up through the strike year. Was that 94, 95, something like that? Yeah, I think whatever it was something was. like that. Yeah. And then the steroid stuff, when all that happened, I was like, I, I mean, I can remember watching the home run derby when. McGuire and Sosa were like knocking them, you know, out of, of Fenway, basically. They were knocking them yeah. off, you know, yeah. out into the, onto the, you know, interstate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is cool, but this is not, this is not baseball either, though. This is something different with all those home runs and everything. Well, and that was I right. didn't realize it at the time. Yes. But when all that came in, I was like, oh, but it was just something in me was like, this is not. Something, something's, something's going on here, and I can't really put my finger on it. And I was, you know, not smart enough to go, oh, they're, they're taking a bunch of steroids. Um, but anyway, they, it, it kind of lost me then, and now certainly, even though you know they've cleaned it up supposedly and all this stuff, it's just, it's not. I'm not trying to say it's because of the steroids, but something changed with that strike and all that steroid stuff, and it's like the game changed to me. And maybe I just, you know, grew out of it and lost interest, and I'm not going back. Yeah, maybe it took me a while to to care about baseball again after the strike, and you know now yeah. they're um they're supposedly got 
they supposedly have the steroids cleaned up, but now there's pretty pretty wide allegations that the ball is juiced. Hmm. <laughs> juiced isn't quite the right word, but well, yeah, they're not injecting the that, ball yeah. with steroids or anything, but no, but they make the ball where it's you know it's going to move, yeah. it's going to fly farther, yeah. and, and it has you know when you hit it, it goes further, that kind of stuff. I, yep. I don't know. I just don't. I just have. I cannot make myself care about baseball. I just can't. I've tried recently and just, I can't watch it. Well, I'll do the caring for both of us. Excellent. Okay. Now, (laughs) I have to tell you, since since we last recorded one of our regular episodes, you know, last week we had the fantasy football deep dive. Yes. A couple weeks ago now, I went out on a speaking of tangents assignment. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so do you remember we were talking, this was probably two or three weeks ago now, we were talking about State Fair Foods, specifically Minis- mm-hmm. the Minnesota State Fair. Yes. And both of us, separately, and it wasn't during a podcast or anything, we saw an ad for new foods that were coming to the fair this year. Mm-hmm. And we were both- 47. 47 uh, new 47? foods. Well, you know, they bring- 47 new foods. They bring new food in, and some vendors get invited back, and some don't. So they've always, they're always, they kick out old, old food. I, I heard that the cheese curds got booted. Not all of the cheese curds, but some of the cheese curds got booted from the Minnesota State Fair to make room for new foods. That makes no sense. No, I know. But here's the other thing. How in 2017 do you come up with 47 new <laughs> foods? Um, do that I need to eat? impossible to me. It does? Oreo flavors? Just think of it that way. 47 Oreo flavors could be, you know. Yeah, but I would not call that a new food. Well, they are. This is false advertising. Yeah. I want a new food. <laughs> well, one of those new foods was the bowl of dough. Remember this? Yep. Wait a minute. Is, did it turn Irish all of a sudden? The bowl of dough. That's how they advertise it. Bowl o apostrophe dough. No. No. Really? I thought it's so, It's not yeah. bowl of dough? No. I thought it was bowl. Oh, my God. I think it's this bowl o dough. This somehow just got worse. <laughs> And better at the same time. Now, so that's what you and I were both sort of intrigued by, because we both are cookie dough fans. No, no, I am not. You're not a cookie dough fan? Oh, no. So why are you uh, intrigued are you by the bowl of dough? Because I cannot believe they have something called a bowl of dough <laughs> okay. that they serve you as a food item. Okay. I'm not even going to call it food. It's a food item or food product, because <laughs> technically I don't even think they could call that food. And I thought if you ate raw cookie dough, you could get salmonella and die. Well, this is, they, they bragged that this was safe to eat. But I'll get to that in well, a minute. Well, of course. I'm sure all those carnival rides with the carny, with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with the homemade tattoos, those are safe rides. Yeah. I'm not getting on that. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not either. State fairs are somehow, it's like they went out and legitimized, like, a guy selling something out of the back of his truck, and they gave him a booth, and it called it a state fair and so now people are okay going there and i'm like what you're not fooling me with that yeah i've been to the georgia state fair and it is a nightmare yes well exactly you remember we talked about just as much as we were intrigued of the bowl of dough i also talked about the fact that i am not a state fair person too many people too hot parking's a mess it's just not for me Mm -mm. but despite that you suggested that i really should go to the state fair for the sake of this podcast to try this bowl of dough. And, and of course... I talked you into it somehow. I felt tremendous pressure to do this. 
So I'll remind you, before I go any further, I'll remind you, I've got it written down with the bowl o' dough, what the advertisement was. Okay. Scoops of straight-up raw cookie dough that is safe to eat and available in four flavors. Brownie batter swirl is a chocolate chip cookie dough and brownie batter mashup. Chocolate chip cookie dough, gluten-free, is a mix of classic cookie dough and chocolate chips. European cookie butter is made with Biscoff European spiced cookies. And, finally, lemon ricotta cheesecake with blueberries is lemons with fresh curd ricotta cheesecake and blueberries blended into a sugar cookie dough, all served with a side of sea salt flavored ice milk. That sounds like a bunch of words that they put together that should not go together. Yes. Now, I got to get, uh, uh, you know, I said the gluten-free cookie dough, the classic cookie dough. Yes. I've got to get to that. <laughs> like, I'm going to get to that a little bit later when I talk about the actual flavors. All right. So that's what I wanted to try. But if I'm going to go to the fair, I have to get Sweet Martha's cookies. And I tweeted out a picture of them. Sweet Martha's Sweet cookies. Sweet Martha's cookies. Sweet Martha's cookies are the best. That sounds like an exclamation like Heavens to Murgatroyd. Sweet Martha's cookies. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Sweet I yeah. like that a lot. That Heavens to Murgatroyd. Move over Heavens to Murgatroyd. Oh my stars as a competitor. <laughs> yeah. So Sweet Martha's cookies. What is that? <laughs> Do you <laughs> No, that was my real question. What are those? Uh, well, they're basically what they sound like. And I, I tweeted them out. The cook, the who bowl is sweet of dough. Martha? I don't know. I don't know who Sweet Martha is. Maybe the lady that created this recipe. Well, see, I'm not eating her cookies because they might be poisoned. Yeah, I if know. If I don't know her. I know. Well, even if I do know her, I'm probably not eating them. But anyway. Well, yeah. Uh, you, so you claim these are the best cookies ever. I claim that they're the best cookies. So the, the only thing better to me than... Cookies is the dough. So the reason that Sweet okay. Martha's is so good is that they hardly cook it. So it comes out really oh. gooey and melted nope. chocolate chips and it's nope. hot. And they serve it nope. with, you can, all you can eat, I mean, all you can drink refills of milk, cold milk. That's you okay. just go up and, and put it under the, the tap thingy and you can drink as much as you want with all the, I'm telling straight you straight out of the cow straight out of the cow they do advertise yeah. it as straight out of the cow I think I was gonna say but probably. They, they they sell these the buckets buckets of cookies now I only got a sleeve of cookies that was probably about 20 cookies wow that's a lot of cookies and people it's it's a big thing here so when mm. I tweeted these pictures out of the cookie dough and the um, cookies Brad Weiss, at one Brad Weiss, responded with, Thank you for standing for hours amid a humid mosquito-bidden throng to bring us more nonsense. And then he said, I'd eat all of that. <laughs> and I replied to him, don't thank me yet. Okay, now th oh. I'm going to explain it. So let me just say this right now before I describe how I ended up coming into possession of these treats. Because I know... That uh, maybe 99 point, let's say 0.7% of people who are, of the people listening to this are going to say that I cheated. So let me be the first to say I cheated. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I'll explain I no how I came into possession of these cookies. So we were, we were going to go to St. Paul for an entirely, when I say we, I'm talking about the Hall of Famer and yes. me, I. 
The Hall I. of Famer and me. The Hall of Famer and Film me. before live I. studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you just sang. <laughs> My body and me. Of course. Yes, I know. <laughs> so anyway... We were going to. I have a child of the eighties. I grew yes, up on those I know. commercials. So did They're I. stuck in my head forever. Kid sister, kid sister. Kid sister. <laughs> so wherever she goes, I want to go. Kid sister, kid sister, <laughs> kid sister, and me. Me. <laughs> I think I changed oh, key there sued. for we gotta you. Keep, yeah, that's fine. I was harmonizing. It's good. Oh, okay, so we're headed to St. Paul. For an entirely different reason. And mm-hmm. it just so happened to be the same day that our friend Rachel and her mom Julie, shout out, they were going to be at the fair. Mm-hmm. And I would call Rachel a state fair junkie. Like, <laughs> she goes several times every year. And at least one of those days, she takes her mom and they do mm-hmm. the fair. Quotation, do the fair, unquote. So the Hall of Famer suggested, hey, we're not, we're not going to be far from the fair. And Rachel, Rachel's going to be there. Maybe we should see if she'd be willing to, you know, get us these cookies and meet us at the gate. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. um, I'm like, well, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think you can actually leave the gate. And uh, it's a ridiculous thing to ask. And yeah, I'd say, yes, it is a ridiculous thing to ask. But Rachel is... Bring me this food to the gate of the fair. Yeah. So Rachel's pretty much up for anything, though. And so is her mom, Julie. Um, she, Rachel, by the way, is the same gal that got bit up by mosquitoes on the Boundary Waters and said, well, that's life. So she's, yes. she's kind of up for anything. So she said, sure. I really enjoy that attitude. Ab- yes, absolutely. Awesome. She's got a great attitude. She came to... I met her at Jingle Fest a couple years ago, right? Jingle Fest number two. Yes. Yes. Okay, when I say she's up for anything, she went to Jingle Fest, and she doesn't yes. listen to the show and doesn't know she what the no jingles idea are. What she was in for, yeah, and and she seemed to enjoy herself. Well, I I wouldn't I don't know that I'd go that far, but I would say oh, when I wa- I will never forget her face. She's sitting there with Anita from Alaska and Jason's wife, and mm-hmm. um, let's see who else was with her. Uh, I can't remember exactly who all was there. But I looked over at her during the Schwitz break, and I'll never forget her face. <laughs> it was like, what am I doing here? What is this? So anyway. Well, I think, to be fair to her, I think that was the look on most people's yeah. faces in, that weren't on the stage. And actually, half of us on the stage, at least me, at least a fourth of us on the stage, and what I mean by that is me, um, had the look of, what am I doing here? <laughs> Yeah, and well, I, that was ridiculous. I actually got a picture of her face during the Schwitz break, which is awesome. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, she said she'd do it, and we're like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so, very cool. Like I said, I think she got us just the small. We ordered just the small sleeve of Sweet Martha's cookies because I don't need to be eating a bucket of cookies. Bucket? Is it bucket O cookies? No. Is no. It, are they are they Irish too? No, it's not bucket o cookies. Okay. Now, all the things that I hate about the state fair were in full force when we were getting there. Traffic was horrible. Mm. It took forever to get to the main entrance. We sat in a traffic jam, waited for pedestrian after pedestrian after pedestrian of fairgoers. Um, there's traffic cops, you know, sitting there maneuvering 
people, there was a couple of roads that were closed that we, you know, didn't think were going to be closed. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody feels sorry for me, but it was very difficult to get to this fair. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we finally made it to the fair. Hall of Famer saw Rachel standing there, jumped out, gave her a big hug, said thank you, paid her for the food, got back in. The whole thing sort of felt pretty illegal. Kind of felt like an illegal. I was going to say, this is like a drug deal going down in the back alley. Yes. Drugs Which, by the way, dough. I'm pretty sure in saying that that probably happened out behind the fair at some point. Probably, yeah. Um, but now I think this is something we should do every year. But, you know, this hasn't been Deal approved. drugs behind the fairgrounds? No. Go, get food at the gate. Oh, okay. This, this, but, but the food, wait a minute, the food costs money? Yes. You have to, yes. Yes. Food costs money. 15 bucks for those wow. two items. Wow. So I think we should do it every year. Do you have year. to pay to get into the fair? Yes. So you pay to get in and then everything inside costs money? Yeah. Food, rides, all of it. Okay. What? Why do people go to these things? What is the draw of it? You're asking the wrong person. I don't know. Well, I'm asking since you know someone who loves to go, maybe you could ask her and get the, you know, the synopsis of well, why, do, why, why are these things appealing? Because I'm genuinely asking because I am like, you could not pay me to go there. You could not hire me to go there and walk around and stand there. Well, I... I will tell you that I asked her for some stats on what she ate. Oh, cool. So she sent me some stats. They were there for 14 hours, 8.30 in the morning to 10.30 at night. In one day? In one day. They walked 9.68 miles. So she must have some sort of Fitbit or something. Or maybe she has an app on her phone. And here's what she said they ate. And I'm assuming that... She and her mom shared these items between the two of them, but I don't have confirmation on that. Okay. This is what they ate in that 14-hour period. Cherry bombs, which are deep-fried licorice. And she said, not too bad, although a bit doughy. She gave me a review on that. (laughs) Jamaican lemonade. Deep-fried candy bars. They ate Snickers. Go ahead. What is... What makes lemonade Jamaican? I don't know. She didn't expand on that. Okay. That's... that's... Uh, I don't know. Do they add some spices in there? I'm going to have to look this up to find out. Okay. I mean, not today, but just at some point. Deep fried candy bars, Snickers, Milky Way, and peanut butter cups. They had all three of them. Those are actually pretty good. I've heard they're good. I've never had them. Mm -hmm. She also had the bowl of cookie dough. Now, she says bowl of cookie dough. Uh Aha. I swear I saw it advertised as bowl o dough. Yeah, maybe. Hawaiian shaved ice. Twice. <laughs> I appreciate her rhyme. Uh-huh, maybe. me too. Strawberries and cream. Nitro ice cream. I don't know what it is. I think it's just a brand of ice cream that I should probably know as a good Minnesotan, but I don't. Does it have nitroglycerin <laughs> in it? That was my first thought, but I would... I wouldn't think you could label that safe to eat. I, I still don't think you can label a bowl of raw cookie dough safe to eat either. But that's me. I'm just crazy, I guess. <laughs> they also had a cider freeze, which is basically apple cider frozen, like a popsicle. That could be good. 
I tried I that I once. It was popsicle. pretty good. Yeah, I would add. I think I just read the regular popsicle. Yeah, I'm with like you there. Like a Kool Aid, which is basically frozen Kool Aid, which is hey, yeah, good with me. I'm with you there. Sweet Martha's cookies. A pronto Sweet pup. Sweet Martha. A what? A pronto pup, which she wrote in parentheses, not. Let me see if a I get. Wait, wait, wait. Let's can guess what oh, this is. Okay. Uh, that's what I was going to guess. It's, like a mini corn dog. It's not a corn dog, but I don't know what it is. Exactly. Okay. So she clarified what it's not. Yes. But didn't say what it is. Right, right. And she had cheese curds, so they must not have she, banned them all. No, she fits right in with our podcast. Yes, by the she way. does. <laughs> she also got what's called a super stick. And here, and she did Whoa. explain what this is cheese oh, and pepperoni on a stick, deep fried, covered in garlic butter, and dipped in marinara sauce. That sounds pretty good. See, none of those things, and then she got french fries and mini donuts. Now, the mini donuts are out of this world. French fries, hmm. anything hot like that, french fries, super stick, pizza, all that stuff, I have no, on a hot day at the fair, I would not want to get. I'd be all about ice cream and sweets. See, but one of my favorite things to do is eat french fries and ice cream at the same time. <laughs> it's so awesome together. Oh, okay. I shouldn't laugh until I've tried it, but I don't think I'll ever want to do that. I'm not a big fan of French hey. fries. What? Yeah, you, we, you know this. I don't like French fries that much. I'm not sure I knew this. They're just meh, you know? They're... Apparently, they're, the old McDonald's recipe was pretty good, and then McDonald's changed that. Yeah, I don't like McDonald's fries anymore. Not anymore, but they used to be good. Yeah. I used to eat yeah. them in high school, and I liked them. But no, yeah. not unless I have something to dip them in. I'm not a big, I don't like French fries, just, I like sweet potato fries. We make sweet potato fries around here almost twice a week, and I love that. Who is, who is eating fries without dipping them in something? I don't know. Lots of people. I just thought that was a given. If you're eating French fries, you're, you have, or freedom fries. <laughs> Remember that from a few years ago? Yes, How ridiculous yes. that was. Um, if you're eating those deep fried potatoes, how are you not dipping them in something? I just thought that was, you know, Well, that's what, that's what I did to eat them. Yeah. And I usually, yeah. I'm not a big ketchup fan or catsup, however you want to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. I used to like to put them in ranch dressing. No. Or... Uh, let's see, what else did I do? Cheese is good. Yeah, cheese, uh, cheese, chili, ketchup, mustard, honey mustard. Um, let's see, what else? Syrup is good, like maple syrup. Wait a minute, how did you say that word? Syrup. Syrup. Yeah, syrup. Like you're saying S-E-R-Y-P, syrup. No, it's Y. It's S-Y-R-U-P, syrup. How, are you, how do you say it? Syrup. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, syrup. okay. <laughs> Forgive me, my ears. <laughs> we just have different accents. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, um, and dipping fries in the ice cream is good too. No. I, well, I guess I shouldn't say no until I've tried it, but that would go against yeah, everything we've talked about on this podcast as it relates to Oreos and flavors. We always say oh, no. no. no, no, no. <laughs> You, you know that majority of my food combination problems and issues are because 
marketing. Yeah. And the brands are combining things in order to try to sell stuff to people that should not be combined. Right. But you also don't. Let the people be free to combine their own foods. Right. But you do not try to tell the people what should be combined and give it to them. Let them combine their own foods on their own. And that's a good thing. Yeah, but you've also said you just don't like food combos in general. Now you're dipping french fries in ice cream? Well, that's a good one. Okay. So it's obvious. It's good. So why I like good I food it? combos. I don't like bad food combos, which is a majority of them. You like casseroles and, you know, yes. whatever these meat pies, that kind of yeah, stuff. Pasties. Meat and pie should not go together. Yeah. I agree. Um, the, another really good thing to do is drink orange juice, milk, and Coke at the same time. In the same glass? Or Not in the same glass because it doesn't mix. In three different glasses. So you take a drink of orange juice, you take a drink of milk, you take a drink of Coke, and you go in, in that order as you go. And it, it's awesome. So orange juice Each is flavor complements the other. Yes. Have you ever tried changing the, the order around? Y- yes, but I'm not crazy. Um, that does not work. It has to be that specific order to work. Okay. Well, that is something that I will not be trying. It's like the rock, paper, scissors of drinks. Each of them has its own thing, and each of them, you know, kind of overrides the other. So, like, you drink the orange juice, and I'm not going to get into it. Just try it. It's great. Okay, I'll put that on the list to try amongst many other things. Now, uh, now <laughs> involve in this whole conversation, and I never did actually give my review of the bowl of dough, which, mm-hmm. which is the entire reason for me going on this assignment. Yes. I guess that would fit with our with our podcast, but that is our podcast. But yes. I will wrap it up by saying it was it was good, but I wouldn't I wouldn't get it again. And that was both of our reaction, both of our reactions. Okay. That was the least enthusiastic pronunciation of good I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? They say it's safe to eat, which means that they don't have the raw egg in there. And you could tell hmm. there was no raw egg. You you really missed that. It it had the consistency of cookie dough, but if you hadn't have told me it was cookie dough, it kind of just tasted like a bowl of sweet slop in Ugh. the shape of cookie dough cutouts. See, it, that's all a bad of, idea. That's not a food. No, all, but all of them were good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I'd get it again. But I am glad I tried it. Yes, I'm glad you tried it too, because now I don't have to. Sweet Martha's cookies, it was okay. <laughs> I, th- I, think that's a, I think that's not a correct use of that phrase. <laughs> We've got no qualifications, so here's our recommendations. Well, I do have a recommendation. Do you, you remember a while back, so probably three or four episodes ago? I know that's asking a lot. Um, I think in general, I do not remember a while back for most things. You should know that by now. I do know that. So let me remind you. John okay. Miller and Jeannie in Beemore mm-hmm. said that they really liked my recommendation for S-Town, the podcast. And John yes. said, keep them coming. Well, John. I'm going to go out on a big limb today with this recommendation. And you may not be saying keep them coming after this one. Well, can, we didn't actually keep them coming. We kind of 
yeah. let them go. Yeah. And now we're kind of circling back. We're circling to recommendations. back. Yep. We hadn't done this segment in a while. No, we haven't. Um, so I'm putting my history of tremendous, fantastic, great, awesome recommendations, reputation on the line here with this one. Oh, your recommendation reputation is on the line? It's on the line. So with that, I will recommend this TV show on Netflix called, it's actually a Netflix original, I believe. It's called The Ranch. And when you see I, the trailer I, um, or any advertisement for the show, everything about it screams, this is terrible show. Don't waste your time. Do not watch this show. It's going to be awful. But okay, I, I agree with that. Yes, it does. I mean, everything. I'm on board 100. Everything looks. It's cheap. Do the, not watch this show. The, the set is cheap. They have a laughing track. Um, it's set out. Oh in Colorado. no, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, there's a laughing. There's track. a laugh track. Yeah, a laugh track. This the, it's set in Colorado. That, so like the snow is fake. Like when you step on the snow, you know those shows where it's like they're stepping on cotton. Some of it is. Yes. Some of it looks real, but some. It, most of it looks sort of fake, and it's it's a cheesy show, so of course I'm going to like it, right? It's cheesy. It's not even punny. It's cheesy. There is a difference between cheesy and puns, right? Yeah, and some puns can be cheesy, but some of them aren't, yeah. And and there's other stuff besides puns that's obviously cheesy, so yeah, not the same thing. And it is... There's a Venn diagram. <laughs> Good. I'm going to keep interrupting because I cannot believe you like this show. Yeah. You know what? I cannot believe it. Everything about it is, like I said earlier, just don't waste your time with it. But it's a, the the writing, everything is predictable. It's corny, cheesy, but whatever you want to say, corny, cheesy, all of that. But it's, it's just a fun little show. I feel like it's a little throwback to the old sitcoms of the 90s that I grew up with. Oh. I'm so glad we moved beyond that. I know. I mean, you wouldn't want this. You wouldn't want this in every show. You know what? It also seems like it's a that '70s show reunion, which I never really watched a lot of that '70s show. But Ashton it's, it's, Kutcher's in it, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the. Is he the, like the creator? He's like the person behind all of it, right? I don't know. He like is more than just a star. I think he like wrote it, or it's his idea, or something. Well, if he wrote it, I can understand. Is a producer that. on the show or something like that? I, well, I think he came up with the idea. I'm pretty sure that Netflix went to him and said, "Hey, are you interested in doing a show?" Or he went to them and said, "Hey, I'm interested in doing the show. Here's what I'm pitching." I think it's his show, and I say that knowing absolutely nothing about it, mm-hmm. other than seeing one trailer on <laughs> Netflix and going, "Nope." Yep. See, you, you. It, that's what I said when I first saw it. But you know what? When I ended up watching it was I was out in Montana for a vacation last summer or two summers ago. I can't remember visiting my aunt and she's like, yes. I want to watch this new show with Ashton Kutcher. He's so cute. And we're like, okay, we'll, we'll watch it with you. And when we first started watching, we're like, oh my God, this is so dumb. But by the third or fourth episode, we're like, this is kind of funny. I kind of like oh, this. Now, no. Deborah Winger and Sam Elliott are, are in this show. Like, really? I'm talking about a good cast. Yes. And like I said, the 70s reunion. Beef. Um, it's at, what's for dinner. Yes. Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson, they play brothers. They were both on that 70s show, I believe. That is correct. And also, um, 
there was a a, a lesser role, I guess. Uh, and I don't think he's, well, I don't want to give any spoilers because somebody might watch it. <laughs> Wilmer, what was his name? Wilmer Valderrama or Valderrama. something? Valderrama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in it too. And the second season, another character from that '70s show pops up, and of course, the the. What about what's his face's wife? Is she in it? What's his face's wife? Who's the, please yeah. be more specific? Whose wife? Ashton Kutcher's wife. Isn't he married oh, to M- Mila, girl from Mila, show? Mila? Yeah. I don't think Mila she's, Kunis. She's not in it yet. I'm but, shocked. I know, but the love interest is Elisha Cuthbert. Elisha Cuthbert. Elisha Cuthbert. From 24. Oh, yeah. And uh, she also has some oh, yeah. first season, First season daughter who was an idiot character. Yes, correct. She's in it. Again, I'm not going to say it's even brilliantly acted. But it, the writing, nothing. about Everything about it is cheap. It's not going to win any Emmys or Golden Globes. There's, <laughs> I, if, if it wins an Emmy or a Golden Globe, I'll be shocked. But it's just. It's not winning anything. It's not winning I haven't even anything. Seen it it might not, win a, a Razzie. What's it called? A Razzie, if it's the worst Razzie, movie. Yeah. yeah. I think but, that's movies only, though. You know, it's a pleasant little show. You don't have to think. Jokes are corny. Mm-hmm. Writing is I'm corny. Out. Nope. You can, you can literally predict the next line a lot of the time. Nope. But it still makes you laugh. Predictable, pleasant, corny. I don't have to think. Those are four things that any one of those things will make me not be interested in the show. Yeah, you're not going to watch this. Oh, there's no way. But if you're looking for something that is like, oh, I want something that's just going to make me laugh in times like today when so many things are sad, you know, it's, a, it's an easy watch. It's, and it, like I said, it's cheesy. So if you like it, it's for you. Yeah. And if hey, it, if you people want to watch it, and if you want to watch it, that's fine. This reminds me, it's sounding like what you're describing is basically the Big Bang Theory. Well, I think the Big Bang Theory is much better written, much more better, okay. much, much, much more better, much, much more gooder. better written, much, much gooder. <laughs> I think the Big Bang Theory is a funnier show than this. If you're telling me this is worse than the Big Bang Theory, <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't think it could get worse than that. I hate that show. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I watched one or two episodes and was like. This is terrible. How is this the number one show on comedy or whatever it was? This is terrible. I haven't watched more than five episodes of The Big Bang Theory, but I found it to be kind of funny. I wouldn't. It, the ranch is different. It's not. You can't really compare the two. But that show was an in, insult to all physicists everywhere. Well, yeah. If you're looking at it again, it's not real. It's just. I know it's not real. It's, I know. It's but... terrible. <laughs> Again, I'm just, though. See, I'm not, into big, I'm not big into multi-camera sitcoms anyway, so. I, hey. If you know that going in, you'll realize I'm never going to recommend a multi-cam sitcom anymore. Yeah, forget those multi-cam sitcoms. hmm And I, you know, you said, I told you earlier, well, I can't knock French fries and ice cream without trying it. So, you right. know, you might have to just actually watch one episode of The Ranch before you say no. Actually, I can't oh, no. even say that without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you can't even get through that sentence. <laughs> no. Because all you had to do, I, actually, I was considering, you know, I may have to watch five minutes of this, at least to be able to say, no, this is as bad as I thought. Uh-huh. But you've already said it's basically what you think it is. Yes. And that it's worse than The Big Bang Theory. 
So it's, it's I'm out. It's different than the Big Bang Theory, but it, they both no, have you laugh said worse. tracks. You said not they? as good. Yeah, laugh tracks. Uh, Does the Big Bang why? Theory have a laugh track? I cannot remember. I don't either. It could also be for, filmed before a film before a live studio audience. Mm-hmm. But I did not I mean, say that it was worse than Big Bang Theory. I said the writing was worse. Writing is only one component. <laughs> one component. It's got a. It's it's. Yeah, I guess I can't say any more about it. I I my my reputation's already on the line here. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Uh, for, here's here's the thing. Ashton Cook, Kutcher seems like such a big dumb goofball mm-hmm. that I can't I can't get into anything that he's in. Yes. And I thought, well, may, you know, maybe he's a good actor, and that's just how he comes across. I think he's played that part so much now that it comes across in everything that he is actually just a big dumb goofball. Oh, he plays that part in this show. That's all he ever is. And I wonder if that's... I didn't watch that 70s show enough to know, but I bet you that's who he played in that show, too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's the only thing I've really seen of him much is... Because I watched probably two or three seasons of that show. Which show? That 70s show? That 70s show, yeah. Okay, yep. When it was on, what was that? Early 90s, mid-90s, something like that? Yeah, it must Maybe have been around there. Yep. Yeah, but I remember watching that when it first came on. Um, the first couple of seasons I watched and then kind of was just like, this is, this is absolutely going nowhere. Well, this And then stuff like The Office came out and I was like, oh, I'm never going back to these other shows. I understand. The Office is, The Office is thousand times better than The Ranch. So if you haven't seen The Office, watch that before The Ranch. There you go. Watch, watch The Office. Yeah. That's on Netflix too, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, I know the American again. one is. I think the I think the British one's on there too, which is also very. Good. Well, I mean, the British one is better, but if being from America, I mean, the American one probably you're going to get really? a lot of the like little subtle things more. Yeah, be able I mean, to relate I did to anyway. it more. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I love the British one too. They're they're both. I mean, it's the original. If you watch the British one, like it's only like two seasons, three seasons, and then you come back and watch like the first few like. Of the first season, because the first season of The Office, the American was only like six ep- episodes. If you start watching that, you're like, wait a minute, they're doing the exact same like story beats and jokes as the British version. Yes. They're just not doing it as well, not right. executing it as well. Right. But still, Steve but Carell in that, hilarious. Yes. And all of them, all, I loved all the characters on that show. Oh, yeah. But I, to, in, I can still remember watching the first season. I bought because I bought it on DVD. I was like, "This sounds interesting." Let me. I bought the DVD of the first. I'd never didn't know what it was. The first um, six episodes, the first season on DVD, and me and a few friends of mine were watching it at my house, and we started. Well, let's watch it because they're like thirty minutes each. We're like, let's just watch the first one and see because we were having to hang out before we went and did. It was like it was basically a band thing. Half of us were in the band, and we had a couple other people just like hung around the band, and we were watching this. Before we had to go to like some rehearsal or something. And um, we watched like the first one and then we just totally blew off the rest, the entire rehearsal. Because we watched all six of them like <laughs> immediately. And yeah. we're, I, I have never laughed that hard at a TV show. And you know, sometimes it just hits you in the moment and you're with other people that are really into it and really laughing. Right. And it just right. makes it, it just, it, you know, it amplifies it. I've never laughed as hard as I did at that, at that 
those six episodes of TV with those guys in the band and, you know, band associated adjacent people mm-hmm. that, that we laughed at that. It was hilarious. So, so that will always be. So more than Seinfeld. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just oh, a yeah. different type and of I humor. Can re- you can't, you can't uh, compare them. That's like trying to compare um, Big Bang Theory to the ranch. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, you have some things that are good and some things that are terrible. Correct. And let me circle back and summate this by saying, the ranch is terrible, people, but I like it. <laughs> it's terrible, hey, but I like it. I appreciate that. I can appreciate yeah. you going, this is awful, but I still recommend watching it to see if it's for you. Because if it's for you, you'll get into it and you'll like it. And you'll know right away, pretty much. Yes, you you will. It took me three episodes to say, yeah, you know what? This isn't this isn't bad. It's it well, it is bad, but I like this bad. <laughs> yeah, there's hey, there's bad things that I like. There are things that I know that this is objectively worse than most stuff that I watch or get into or listen to, but I still like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, speaking of TV shows, do do you yes. have any TV shows to recommend that are worse than The Ranch, perhaps? Uh, not worse than the ranch because okay. I don't know. That's a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, to get I like underneath. to keep the bar that's, low. That's that's some, you know, professional grade limbo getting underneath that bar. <laughs> I um, and this show is not great either, but it's a show called The Expanse. Uh, it's a sci-fi show, space opera kind of thing. It's sort of like Battlestar Galactica and Firefly put together. I have not even heard of this show, The Expanse. Yeah, it was on on the Sci-Fi Network or you know Sci-Fi, S-Y-F-Y, whatever yeah. the dumb C-Fi. name it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sci-Fi, but um, and I saw it on Amazon. So the first season is available on Amazon Prime, which I feel like you know when you're born in America now, you're given an Amazon Prime account. Um, well, you basically. should be. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much everybody has one. Um, but I would suggest watching it if you liked Battlestar Galactica, if you liked Firefly. Um, watch the first few episodes and see, and it's it's very serialized, so it's very much like you cannot jump in the middle of this thing. It's and it's good that I had all it's like ten, twelve episodes together that I could watch them all at once because one episode was not enough for me to go. Yeah, I'm really into this. I had to watch, like you said, two or three to yeah. go. Yep. And that's I mean that's three hours basically. Yeah, at least with the ranch, you're only wasting an hour and a half with three episodes. <laughs> Probably not even that. They're probably like 22 yeah, minutes they prob- each. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's probably a little less that's than That's typical. 30. Yep. But yeah, so The Expanse, is a, it's, it's, a, it's not a great show, but it's, it's unique in how, and it's honestly it's not even unique. It kind of cobbles together pieces from other like space opera things. Um, but it is really the only thing out there right now that's like that that I've found. And I, I, I sort of liked Battlestar Galactica. Um, I watched like the first couple of uh, seasons of that, and it's it's a little too space politics for me. It's too much heavy on that. I really liked Firefly, which um, if you haven't I seen don't think Battlestar, I've seen Firefly. Well, forget the Expanse. You need to watch Firefly. Okay, that's my recommendation. Watch Firefly. Now, sci-fi is out of my area of normal area of interest. Yeah. Firefly is like space western. Okay, well you you pulling me back in with western. It's it's cool. It's it's a it's a different show. I mean, it's Josh Whedon wrote it, so it's very much if you liked Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not the not the movies, but the TV show. If you liked, no. um, okay, <laughs> it's not and it's not that. It's just his way of writing comes across. He is, oh, okay. he's very good at writing back and forth 
nonsense dialogue that is actually interesting to listen to. It's like he writes part of our podcast at times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's to be very, honest, it's, though, I've never, uh, to interrupt, sorry, but you said to Buffy the, Blan- I said no to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. To be honest, I never watched one episode of that because I couldn't get past the title. Well, it's stupid on purpose. I know. But, I mean, why, I'm going to watch The Ranch, but I won't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I don't like the title. I think it was, <laughs> yeah, the title I, was like, hey, it's got vampires in it. I don't like vampire shows. I didn't even, I watched like one season of that and was not really into it either. Um, I'm just saying the the style of the writing, the writing is what okay. I was interested in. I was like, I'm not really interested in the topic and what this is, you know, the the content of the show, but I like the writing. And I when I saw that Joss Whedon did Firefly, I was like, I need to, I need to go and, because I liked his writing and I like the appeal of space western more than I do, you know, monster slayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to watch Firefly. Okay, Firefly. I, I'm I'm not even going to recommend the Expanse anymore if you haven't seen Firefly, and it's available practically everywhere. I mean, they it was canceled in the first season. We've talked about it on this podcast before. I do remember talking about it because I remember saying it's the first time I ever saw Christina Hendricks in a TV show. Oh yeah, you probably would she remember does, she that. Does a, she, she does a couple episode like guest. She guest stars in a couple episodes. I'm not going to say any more than that other than you need to watch Firefly. Okay, but see, here's the problem with that. if it, it, They canceled it after one season. Yes. This is why I can't, this is why I don't recommend Deadwood more because they canceled it after three seasons and it's like, I love it. Now I don't have it to watch anymore. Why would well, I Firefly, invest my time? Because it sort of, they, did, they got to do a movie in Firefly. After Firefly was done, people went nuts when they canceled it because it was on Fox and Fox didn't know what they had and didn't know what to do with it and didn't know where to put it and didn't really know how to promote it. And it was they did a terrible job of handling it. And people like to this day, I mean, this is what, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe that it was made. There are people like going to like conventions dressed as people from Firefly. Whoa. Like Comic-Con in San Diego. Like it's. It's a, still a huge deal, and people are like, people in that you know, realm that, of that um, ilk, if, if you will. Yes, I will. They are, they, they, they act like, and they think, and they genuinely believe, and I kind of agree with them, Firefly is the one show that should not have been canceled, and it, we missed out on something very cool that was canceled way before it should have been. Okay, well, I... I'm a little bit intrigued in a of a genre that I'm not interested in. So there you go. Yeah, you just watch the first episode. If you don't like it after the first episode, you're probably not going to like it because it's basically what it is. It's it is what it is from the very beginning. Okay. Um, you need to see the Christina Hendricks episode though, the first one. So which episode That's is that? That's a good that? one too. Uh, four or five okay. maybe. So I can watch the first one, decide I don't like it, and then just skip to four to see Christina Hendricks' episode. Yeah, because these are kind of, they're not really serialized to the point of you have to watch. I mean, it's kind of an overarching storyline, but it's not anything locked in that if you watch number one and got the idea of the characters and knew what was going on, you could skip to like, you know, six or seven and be okay. okay. Now, if you like number one, watch it because it's it's interesting all the way through. There's there's like one episode in there, like towards the end, where you could tell they knew they were canceled and they just had to 
fulfill their, you know, eight episodes or nine episodes or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 13. It was some short run that they were like, we got to get, you know, fulfill our contract. Let's just throw this out there. And there's one that's just kind of like, eh. But the rest of them are great. And the concept and the just what could have been of the show was great. And then they made a movie, which the movie I don't think is necessarily as good as the TV show, but the production values are much higher. You can tell just looking at it. Um, and the movie um, kind of wraps up what they didn't get to, like some of the main storylines in the first season. So is the movie also called Firefly? Uh, the movie's called Serenity. Oh, okay. They should have kept. They should have kept it the same, so people knew. I guess if you're uh, a super well, fan, you're gonna know no matter what the title is. Oh yeah. 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 You need to watch that. Okay, I'll put it down. Now, is there any other TV shows you want to talk about here? Well, I think we need to... T- There's one we need to talk about. Okay. Which one's that? The one that we have both seen and we've talked about a little bit. We wanted to wait till you... To, I wanted to wait till you finished it. Yeah. Oh, Ozark. On, yes. Uh, Ozark is Netflix? Yes. Netflix original. Yeah. I liked Ozark. And I made a comment on Twitter. We were talking about it on Twitter, and Jason Bateman, I said, uh, Teen Wolf aside, Jason Bateman is uh, underrated, but it really was Teen Wait Wolf 2. Yes. He was not, he in, was not Teen in Teen Wolf. Wolf. That was Michael J. Fox. And I was waiting for someone to call me on it, but I didn't get busted, so I'm busting myself. It, it, yeah. As soon as I tweeted it, I'm like, wait a minute, that was Jake Michael J. Fox. Oh, well, Twitter doesn't have an edit function. I'm not retyping it. <laughs> so I will say this. That brings up a good point, a good segue for me. Um, just as Jason Bateman is the poor man's Michael J. Fox in a lot of cases, <laughs> certainly in Teen Wolf movies. Yes, yes. Ozark is the poor man's Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's true. And I mean like homeless man's Breaking Bad. It's it's nowhere near. It is so much worse than Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's nowhere near as good as Breaking Bad. Uh. -uh. And nothing. I don't know that anything will ever be as good as. I mean, that's a high bar. Breaking Bad is a high bar. For that kind of show, yeah. And I mean, I I really like Breaking Bad, and I think some of the writing in Breaking Bad is great. I think some of the writing in Ozark is incredibly eye roll inducing. (laughs) I. And they chickened out on a lot of stuff, and they wanted to be it. It was like Jason Bateman said, "I want to make a show that's gritty and edgy, so I'm going to get as gritty and edgy as I possibly can." And it's it comes across as I laughed out loud at several scenes towards the end of that season, where I was like, "Are they serious? Oh, they're really doing this. Now they're, they're serious." Are you going to do a spoiler alert? Because I have to know which scenes you're talking about. Are you going to um, spoiler alert? Do you want to... I think... Would you recommend people watch this show? Yes. I think it's... I I could... Let, let me just uh, put a disclaimer. I could never be a critic. I could never be an Anne Hornaday of the world because I would like almost everything. <laughs> well, so, I think you've... Shot yourself in the foot on ever being a critic by saying that oh, the ranch yeah. was good. So yeah, so I may not be the best person to recommend that. 
um, you know, recommend things, but I do tend to like almost everything because I realize that it's entertainment and I don't really care necessarily if it's that realistic. And so if it entertains me, I'm happy. And yeah, the Ozark and entertains that. me. Mm, it mostly entertained me. I look at things more from an art perspective. Is yes. it art? Is it well done? Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand that too. I like how it was shot, even though I think they forgot to take the dark green filter off the camera for the entire season because everything has that same kind of glow to it and hint and yeah. hue. I think um, they wanted which, it to look that way. Oh, I definitely think so. But that's that's an easy way to say, we're going to be gritty. Yeah, just make the filter gritty. And I didn't like nine-tenths of the characters in that show. I wanted to, like, strangle them after five minutes. So there's no one you could connect with, really. Uh Uh-uh. Because, listen, Jason Bateman, I guess he's a good actor. In this show, I feel like his acting was, I'm going to stand here or sit here expressionless and emotionless while other people act around me. It was the majority of scenes he was in, he didn't do anything. See, I didn't get, I thought he was, I thought he did a good job of playing the scared character. I feel like that was his approach to, I guess, quiet and emotionless is the way I'm going to show that I'm acting. It just seemed like a very intentional choice that I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with because he directed, I think, several of these too. Well, when, when I first saw that he was the, char- the guy that was playing this character, I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't think he was a good fit. I don't think so either, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, and it, it, here's the other thing. Just like I feel like Ashton Kutcher is the like creator and you know kind of showrunner for the ranch, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong, but it seems like from what you're saying, the show is 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 like an extension of his personality. I think Jason Bateman is the creator and showrunner and kind of leader of Ozark. I'm pretty sure that That's like it was his true. his idea, or he developed it, and he is like kind of driving the bus on that one because he directed some of them, he wrote some of them, that kind of situation. It just seems like an actor like doing like a side project over the summer instead of <laughs> yeah. If you go back and watch Breaking Bad again, and you look at uh, what's his face? Um, why can't I not think of his name? Not uh, Vince Cranston? Gilligan, but yeah, Brian Cranston. He's a great actor. Yeah, oh yeah, he's see you get in trouble. Don't try to compare Breaking Bad to Ozark. But you should, because Ozark is trying to be Breaking Bad. But they don't they, make they it. They jumped in that ring. So, oh, no, they don't make they it. They don't make it and at I, all. So if you want that, you're going to be disappointed by watching this So right, that's why. I, and I'm, I wasn't disappointed in Ozark, because I knew going in, okay, this is low rent. I yep. can appreciate this. Yep. But some of the choices they made, yeah, this is where I was asking, are you going to give a spoiler alert? Because I think I know what you're talking about. And yeah, do you want to do you want to get to, do you want to get into it? Um, y- let's get into it, and and people can you know fast forward to. Um, yeah, fe- they can, ju- they can jump to the next segment. They can jump yeah. to feedback if they don't want to hear any of us. The only thing I want to say before we get into this is also 
I would recommend watching Halt and Catch Fire, which is all on Netflix now, all three seasons. Halt and Catch Fire, and what's that about? Yes. It's about computer industry in the early 80s, mid-80s. Um, just the first season is good. The second season is great. And the third season so far, I'm like three episodes in, is just as great as second season. It's it's another one of those where it's good that it's you got the whole thing available to you. Yeah, okay. I will. Watching that, watching that one week to week would not have been good. It was on like AMC. Um it's very interesting because, I mean, I'm interested in that stuff, computer stuff and development and how things came about. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Anyway, okay. Ozark. The rest, of the rest of this is us basically spoiling scenes in Ozark. Yes. And go. You tell me what your, your thought is. I think you're... The drowning. The drowning. Which, if I remember Both right, of them. there were two drowning scenarios. Yes. Right? Well, no, two fake drowning yeah. scenarios. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You can't. No. So when you Have were watching. Have the guts to kill off a character. When you were watching and the young girl. Uh, the, his, da- the, his daughter. daughter, daughter yep. You were. When you saw that, you saw nothing but she's going to go out and drown herself, right? You didn't think she was just going for a swim. And it was obvious to you that she's going to drown herself. N- no, I thought. I generally, I genuinely thought she got in over her head and is now not intentionally killing herself, but she's going to drown. Yeah, I didn't think she was trying to kill her, kill herself. No, but I thought she was going to drown. Because when they cut back, when they cut from the scene, I was like, something bad's going to happen. She's going to get hit by a boat or something's going to happen. When mm-hmm. they would cut from her swimming to them talking, having the conversation, yelling, and they cut back and forth. That was obvious foreshadowing. Yes, it was. And and then the scene of her literally going into water motionless. I, yeah. Why? If you're not, I see what you're saying. If you're not going to if you're kill not her do off, it, yeah. That's cheap. That's chickening out. That's that's the cheesy way. That's like, that's the we killed off a bunch of characters, and then the next episode, oh, that was a dream sequence. That's a bunch of crap. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, so the, this is this is basically that. Now, here's the other thing. What if? What if? She actually did die there, and the rest of the season was her imagination in her head after she died, right right as she was dying. Well, I it get, didn't actually happen. I didn't think, uh, I never thought of it that way, um, but it could be, it could be, you could take it that way because... The rest of the season, I mean, she became a lot more involved and a lot more ballsy, if you will. Um, well, she had more. Um, she, she had. She had. She took more control of her situation than scenarios. Yes. So if it was coming from her, and she was, she took more now initiative. The, the hero, I guess, if for lack of a better sort of. word, yeah. Yeah. But because ultimately, at the end, everything could have ended up like you could consider that a happy ending, and they could have ended and not have a second season. Yes, they, they could have, and I wonder if that's what they're doing. Although I think that no, didn't they get picked up? Yeah. Pretty sure. But the but, other thing about the drowning is, or the fake drowning. Now, I said before that I, if, if it's unrealistic, it's okay because it entertains me, and as long as I'm entertained. But if it gets to be too unrealistic, then I get turned off. And this family has already been through a lot, and the... 
if she's going to die, she's probably going to be killed by the, um, you know, the Mexican cartel more than she's going to mm-hmm. drown. So if I, if this, if she, if they made her drown and added another little layer to the, what the family's going through, right. I, I would find that to be too unrealistic for me. It's like, oh, come on. How many bad things can happen to one family? Now, if she Especially got killed by the a, cartel, a, you know, then that's swimmer. a different story. Yeah, she's yeah. a good swimmer. Yeah. Come yeah. on, she's with on the that. high school swim team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They want to put it out there and make it all dramatic and be like, oh no, oh no, and then not actually go through it with it. Yeah, they want both. They wanted. They want both. They want it both ways, and that I think is stupid. Well, and it, it treats your audience like idiots. Well, they, yeah, it seems like what they were trying to show was while the mother and father were in having a heated argument and all wrapped up in their own problems their daughter was outside drowning but yet their daughter didn't drown she just came back in it's like oh good night dad yeah it's a metaphor for the daughter is drowning in the problems of the family is what probably somebody said in the writing room and i want to say get the heck out of here yeah it's you're fired it was a stupid scene it didn't need to be it would have been just as dramatic to watch the parents hash it out i agree and the other drowning scene, or not not quite going through with the drowning scene at the end, was worse to me. Yeah, so you don't think he was just baptizing the child? What did you think when he was doing it at first? Uh, when, he, when he was walking down to the shoreline with the look on his face, I thought, God, I don't know what I thought. I guess I thought that, are they actually going to drown this baby? It's kind of what I thought. Well, but then when he was doing it, it was obvious to me that he was baptizing the baby. No, not at first. Not at first. No, after he got How going. long he held the baby under yeah, the water? You don't baptize, you don't when you baptize the child or, you know, whoever, adult, whatever. You it's only like a dip, even with the It's it's less than a second under the water. Yeah, he was he had he, I think what happened was he was intent he was intending to drown the baby and then decided mid-drowning that I can't, I can't do this, and then See, quit. and this is, this is the exact same thing to me of writers chickening out. Of yes. They want to have it both ways. They want to be able to say, yeah, we're going to kill a baby. We're going to see this guy drown his own baby. And then, no, he's just, ba- that, no. Yeah, we're going to no, go no, 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 as no, no, no. far as Walter White, and then, no, we're not going to go as far as Walter White would go. Absolutely. Yeah. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, and it, you're and right, it, that was a worse scene than the other potential drowning. And it, and I rolled my eyes and laughed out loud. When he was well, holding the baby underwater, I was laughing. Because I was like, this, this, is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a show. And see, in a show that tries to be serious and takes itself seriously. Yeah, and see, the Hall of Famer and I were just like, this is uncomfortable. Stop showing this scene. I don't, I don't, just stop. I, we didn't laugh. <laughs> we were just like, up. come on, what are you doing here? He's really going to drown that baby? Are it was they really so bad go that there? it made yeah. me laugh. Yeah, well, yeah. here's the other thing. It call it made me remember one of the greatest scenes in ba- in Breaking Bad. It was either the last episode or next to the last or one of the last episodes when he takes his kid and they're looking for the kid and he's in the like the gas station bathroom with the kid and the kid like talks to him. The Wait baby says something and I can in Breaking Bad at the very end. Which kid? The baby. Oh, yeah, Walter's baby. Yes. Okay, continue. And the baby says something. I don't remember, like, mom or dad or something, because it's like a, you know, a 18-month-old kid, mm-hmm. like, in the car seat, and he's holding the kid up. And the kid says something, and he, it, 
the look on his face and the change in his, what he is intending to do with the baby, mm-hmm. he takes the baby to the fire station and drops them off That's so that they right. can get the baby back. That's one of the greatest scenes ever in a drama. I, I need to rewatch Breaking Bad. You've Breaking just solidified Bad. this for me. Breaking Bad does some dumb stuff in the middle, and they take some detours in some of those middle seasons, and they do some stuff that if you look back at it now, you're like, oh, that wasn't that great, and that stuff. It's absolutely worth getting through all of that, and it's very well done and very well written. It's much... The writing in Breaking Bad is so superior to the writing in Ozark. Absolutely. And you, if you watch Ozark and then go back and watch just a season of, the first season of Breaking Bad, which is like six or seven episodes, it's not that many. In the first season of Breaking Bad, when he and his wife and brother-in-law and um, uh, sister-in-law are in the living room and he's telling them first, the first time he's telling them about the cancer, mm-hmm. that's yeah. another one of greatest scenes I've ever watched. The way it's written, the way it's acted, the way it's shot um, in a drama. Just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, disregard all the drug stuff and all the cool stuff and all the you know amazing, awesome, crazy stuff that happens in that show. I mean, that scene right there, and then the scene with the baby at the end, and the next to the last episode, the Ozymandias episode, and you have to watch the entire season to get to how to, to appreciate the impact of it at the end. And even though the season is not, all the seasons aren't all that great, it's worth it just to see that conclusion. Yeah. Of how they wrap it up. Yes. And I mean, it's... It, great conclusion. Great conclusion. Yes. So it... And the moment when they're like in the kitchen, at the, it's, I think this is in the very last episode, when Skylar's talking to Walter and she's like, I know you're going to probably just say, you know, you did it for us, blah, blah, blah. And he interrupts her and cuts her off. He's like, no, I did it for me. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. The way that that's acted and written is incredible. And if you don't have that, if you don't have all that, you know, episodes leading up to that, you don't appreciate it as much. But that impact of that scene, those few scenes at the end, those last few episodes are amazing if you've watched the entire thing. So it's awesome show. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad and you're listening to this, I'm sorry because you need to go watch it and not hear us spoil it. But yeah. anyway. Now you mentioned that the writing on Breaking Bad was so far superior to Ozark. But I think the real oh, yeah. question is, how does the writing on Breaking Bad compare to the writing on the ranch? Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Um, no. Hey, if you'd like to send us feedback, you can contact us on Twitter at SpeakTangents, via email at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com, or visit our website, www, I'm sorry, http colon backslash www.actually, uh, I forgot the rest of the address. You can figure it out. Listen to another podcast if you want another web address. And now, some feedback from you, or maybe not you, but people like you. So, do we have any more feedback this week? Oh, well, yes, Actually, we do. for the last two weeks. Yeah, because of the Special Fantasy Football deep dive mm-hmm. episode last week, we didn't do any feedback at all. So, most of this feedback is from two weeks ago. 
So we'll just we'll we'll just start off here. Um, we'll start off with a tweet from Matthew Vogel at Vogel Matt, and this is about the eclipse and all the marketing that we talked about on that episode. Mm-hmm. That eclipse seems like a lifetime ago. It does, doesn't it? It seems like several months ago, and it was like two weeks. Yeah. It, so here's what Matt said: the glasses for 2024 eclipse will be the same as this year's, but you will need new ones. Because by then, the ones you had for 2017 will have expired. Hashtag marketing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of marketing, John Fitzpatrick at FitzJohnP said, Idea for a future episode. Jason discusses his skeptical dislike for marketing. Something tells me he has strong feelings in this area. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. I think yeah. I tweeted something like, I think this is a subtle back to the future joke in yes. there somewhere. Yes, because we had talked about Back to the Future in that episode too, I think. Correct. Yeah. Now on the everything is awesome theme that we had going that week about the solar eclipse and and you just saying that every everything is awesome, not just the solar eclipse and look at the sky every day, that that whole thing. Yeah. Patrick, everything is awesome and everything sucks at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well Patrick Moffat at Moffat Patrick said um, he quoted you, and here's the quote, stop and enjoy the awesome stuff that is happening in the universe on a regular basis, unquote. Well said, Jason. Ah, I, that's a very good quote, whoever said that. Yeah. Uh, Mary Faye Randolph at Mary F-E-T-X said, please stop using the word awesome. There are so many other descriptive words, and it's so overused. Well, we did purposely exaggerate the use of the word awesome last, last that, in that episode. And I guess Mary Absolutely. Faye picked up on that. Awesome. Jason, I know it's been a while now, but do you remember the one-year anniversary podcast we had? I know I, know I shouldn't ask you if you remember. I should just um, say we had a one-year anniversary episode a while back. How's that? There you go. That, that works. And we tweeted out the link to that episode. And Tom Porter at the real Tom Porta Porter, maybe I got that wrong, written here at T H A real T O M P O R T E. He quoted our tweet and said, "Looks like I've got fifty-two episodes to catch up on." Well, Tom, I hate to inform you that it's actually more than 52 because we don't know how to count. Yes, it is more than 52. And we also had someone a few weeks ago, Kim Wilson, remember she tweeted saying she finally caught up. I'm not, oh, sure, yeah, cool. I'm not sure how long it took her, but that's a whole lot of episodes. Yes. And uh, I think Tom Porter and Kim Wilson are doing it the only way it should be done from the beginning in order. Yeah. You and I have discussed this. You don't necessarily think you need to do it that way, but I think that's the only way to listen to podcasts that are serialized like this. Well, we've had this conversation before that I'm not into serialized things typically, especially podcasts and story things. You know, I'm not into narrative all that much. I like a good story. Yes. I just don't necessarily need it in a podcast. Yes. If that makes sense. So TV shows and movies should tell stories. Yes. You will never songs and podcasts do not need to tell stories. Will you? Oh, no. I can't stand cereal. Why would I listen to S-Town? I know. Okay. I, I know I'm the outlier on that. I think cereal is terrible. I know. It's, it's, I shouldn't say it's terrible. It's well done. It's not for me. Yes. And hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate that there are things in the world that are not for me because if everything was for, was for me and I liked everything, then I wouldn't ever get anything done. 
Exactly. You gotta. You, there's got to be some stuff you don't like just so you can get stuff done. Yeah. I look at it as that they're thinking of me. Yeah. And not just me. I mean, I, but, you know, since I primarily think of me, um, then, you know, I think they're thinking of me. They're, they're doing me a favor by not making this, you know, tailored custom to me. Because honestly, if everything was custom tailored to you, you would start hating everything at some point. And then you realize my opinions are terrible and I don't really like anything that I actually think I like. And it's all just a facade. And, you know, um, where, where, where am I now? That's, you know. Uh, y- yes. And so we'll move on to, uh, by the way, thank you, Tom. Uh, welcome to, you know, episode, what, maybe three by now? Welcome to nonsense. Yeah, welcome to nonsense. So we did get some clarifications this week, or actually from okay. last week. And Scott Jenkins at SEJ326 says, the Adirondacks are in upstate New York. I live just south of them. It is also in the path of totality in 2024 to tie it into that discussion, too. Cool. So we were talking about the Adirondacks. Yeah, the Adirondacks. Yeah. And um, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about at the time. but uh, I, was, I was talking about how beautiful upstate New York is and how it's, when, when as being not from that area, if you say to most people that are not from that area, New York, they think New York oh, yeah. City yep, or more right. metropolitan, urban like New, New, York, New York, New Jersey area. And they don't think about upstate New York, which is beautiful. It's more like, you know, sort of mountainous and it's very much, you know, not wilderness, but it's, it's very similar to, you know, you get down into Virginia and West Virginia and North and South Carolina where the Appalachian Mountains run. It's very similar in style and look to that. And people don't think about yeah. that most of the time, I think. Yeah. and People um, that aren't from there. So I think I said that, that it's the Adirondacks, and he was clarifying that it, that it is. And that he's going to be in the path of totality in 2024. Nice. We're coming to stay with Scott. Yes. To see the eclipse. On, now, on our fantasy. <laughs> you know I'm not doing that. I didn't even drive like the no, hour I know it would have taken me to get that. to it this year. Yeah, I know you're not doing that. <laughs> Everything's awesome every day. Why not? Why? You know. Well, to be, to be fair, the, everything is awesome every day, but the eclipse was a little extra special. And you can see why people wanted to see it. It's just a different kind of awesome. It, it is a different oh, kind totally. of awesome. Uh, yeah. Mega. Mega awesome? No, just different awesome. Different awesome. Okay. There's no levels of awesome. Actually, there are levels of awesome, but there's no levels of awesome when it comes to this. It's awesome. Okay. okay. Absolutely awesome. Now, on the fantasy football deep dive. I mean, dive, do you not think it's awesome? I do. Awesome. Yeah. It is, it is awesome. You're right. Now, on the fantasy football deep dive episode that we did last week, yes. Jenny Robbins at Robbins underscore Jenny. Loved speaking of tangents this week, even though it was like a telenovela. I didn't really understand anything, but loved the passion of the crew. <laughs> that really cracked me up. Yeah, the telenovela, yes. I mean, it's pretty much kind of how every episode is. But this one with just, you know, yes. quadrupled. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. Quadrupled? Well, I have a special message for Jenny. No te pierdas el próximo episodio del fútbol de fantasia con estos idiotas americanos. Sí. Me gusta. I was trying to do the tele, telenovela. I know, and it was pretty voiceover good. Voiceover guy. Okay. You you sounded like the dude on Jane the Virgin. 
I don't know who that is. Well, Jane the Virgin is a uh, another show that I think is funny, and it's about well, there's a guy on there that stars in telenovelas, and they're just over the top, and it makes fun of them. And uh, you sounded like him. So I think, I think I think you uh, accomplished the goal of okay. what you're trying to do. So is Jane the Virgin, is that on CW? I think it's originally on CW, but I've watched it on Netflix. So I think there's oh. maybe three seasons on Netflix. I was trying to tie it into last week's episode where we talked about the CW. Oh, Chad Hansen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that went over my head. Now, Todd Takei at Tooth Takei about the fantasy football deep dive last week. The first eight mm-hmm. minutes had me yearning for a Fran Drescher interview. Speaking of tangents. <laughs> That's very much a Tony Kornheiser show reference right there. Yes, it is. And, and referring to the contest that Robin Patrick announced on the best or the funniest insult of Brendan Steenburgen. Again, Yes. This is not a speaking of tangent sanctioned contest. So refer <laughs> no, all no, no. stuff related to that to Patrick or Rob or Raju's weekend. Yes. But at anyway, R3T2. Yes. But anyway, Todd said this. Todd said about, he was talking about that and he said, You just know someone's going to try to go at the king and they'll miss. Early soft spot is the sieve like Mazoo defense today. So he's, so taking, he's taking a shot at, I think Brendan Steenburgen is a Missouri. Football. College, oh, absolutely. Football. Yeah, he wrote a he wrote a book uh, about yes, about did. Missouri football. I think. Mm-hmm. So he's taking a shot at him right out right out of, right out of the gate. Yeah. Cool. And speaking of Civ, Cool Aunt Steve? Claire at Cool Aunt Claire said, "Admittedly, Civ doesn't come up in conversation Steve. much, much, but Jason is the only person <laughs> I ever I've ever heard who says, Steve. Yeah." <laughs> Oh, that's what I thought too, Claire. I've never heard anybody say sieve before. You guys need to get out more. I guess so. Um, and then again, regarding the, con- the the contest to insult or whatever it is to Brendan Steenburgen, Adam Benson at Benson underscore comic says, I don't even know Brendan. Why am I in favor of this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to be funny. It's, it's all in good fun, but it is going to be funny. And he, I like the way he spelled favor. F-A-V-O-U-R, from Canada. Well, he's from Canada, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? You know. Eh? He's in Canada. He's from Canada, eh? You from Canada, eh? A? Is it A? It's not (laughs) A. I'm going to let you you go with that one. Keep going. (laughs) I'm from Canada, eh? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving on. I'm Canadian, eh? (laughs) What gave it away? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We've reached the food portion you of the feedback. The, you, you sound like you could do some those accents in Ozark. Yes. You're such a master of accents, of regional dialects. You could, you know, you could be on, on Ozark and do one of those, you know, Midwestern crossed with Southern ac- accents. Yeah, I could do that pretty well, I think. You could do it better than some of the people on that show that are professional actors. Yeah. Some of those are terrible. Are you... Pre- Speaking to any particular any particular character, um, I didn't really care for um, what's her face is from. Um, she was also on the Americans. Oh yeah, she the, was the daughter on the Americans. Ruth, the character Ruth. Yeah, one of the main characters. Yeah. I didn't think she had a good accent. Yeah, I didn't remember her being on the Americans, and 
American, mm-hmm. she had no she had no accent like that on the American. So you could right. You don't so you don't think she's from that area is what you're saying. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Okay. I, she doesn't have that accent. That's for sure because that is an accent. <laughs> that is a that is a you know, fake accent. Yes, that was I believe that was a fake accent. I could be wrong, but it was definitely embellished a little too much for me. Yeah, don't you think shows do that a lot though? Embellish accents. I mean, okay, Fargo is one of them. Yeah, but maybe it's cuz I'm more used to I'm more familiar with that accent and the southern accent that I kind of can tell when somebody is overdoing it, faking it. Yeah, and that's Where I just I just assume that people from, you know, Fargo actually sound like No, that they all don't. The time. They don't. That that's okay. it's the same thing up here. I can tell that that's <laughs> overdone. And some of the things they yeah. say is not some of the things they say are not actually said here. Very yeah. often. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Some actors are good at accents and some aren't. I mean, take a lot of like British actors who are like play Americans. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, it's a lot of these times I'm like, I will, you know, see them on the show and think they're from America and then, or think they're from, you know, that's their normal accent, their normal speaking voice. And then I see them like in an interview and they're talking like this, you know? So it's. <laughs> You're talking about Idris Elba? <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple other people like that though, that I've seen in. Um, dude, I think one of the dudes in the wire is, is British. Yeah. The main character. Um, yeah. What's his name? I can't think of his name. Oh gosh. I don't think I'll remember. I don't think I'll know his name either. He was also, um, in the affair. Uh, yeah, that's the guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never saw that, but I know what you're talking about. It, was yeah, that, that's... to be clear, was that a British accent you were doing? <laughs> Speaking of bad accents. <laughs> Was that a British accent you were doing? Eh? <laughs> oh, here's my here's my British accent. There. Hello, Governor. How are you today? Would it's you like to? So- it's it's from the southern part of Britain. <laughs> yes. Would you like to come for tea? That's actually yeah. That's actually not bad. Thank you. Okay, we've reached the food portion. Razor of- blades. What is that? Am I supposed that's to how, know? That's how you get into an Australian. That's a trick for getting into an Australian accent. You say razor blades. Razor blades. <laughs> See, and it sounds like you're Australian. The trick is taking it from that into other. I'm not good at accents. <laughs> yeah, we should probably just move along because neither of us are really hitting it out of the park right now. <laughs> oh, you know, you're right. All right, the food portion of the feedback. Well, um, a couple of weeks ago, Marvin Foster at Flutter 3A uh, tweeted out a poll. Mm -hmm. As we prepare for fall, he wanted to know, are you in favor of classic candy corn, Indian candy corn, or good God, no to all candy corns? Well, obviously no, but what is Indian candy corn? I've heard of Indian corn. I think Indian candy corn is that same. So Indian corn is different colors, right? It's not just yellow. Usually. So I think Indian candy corn is yellow, orange or white, and brown at the base. Like chocolate, maybe? Is it supposed to be chocolate? I don't know. Is that not regular candy corn? No. Candy corn is orange, yellow, and white. Well, in parenthesis, he's got classic candy corn honey. Indian candy corn cocoa. So is one honey flavored and oh, one's cocoa? Oh, cocoa. Yeah, maybe. Primarily? Yeah. 
that's probably what it is. I, I honestly can't say as I've heard, ever had that. Oh, I've had Indian candy corn, and honestly, I can't tell too much of a difference. But here are the results. Now, I obviously voted for ca- classic candy corn, and I would think that you voted for good God, no. Oh, of course. And you would win 53%, good God, no. Mm-hmm. 41% classic. I'm always the winner, mate. <laughs> 41% picked classic candy corn, and 6% went with Indian candy corn. Now, I wonder if that's because they don't know what it was or because they just don't like it. Or a mixture. That's possible, yeah. Um, so I thought that was a but fun But the right poll. answer, obviously, to that gun. is no. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Now, Mike Kenny at MJK45039, he retweeted mm-hmm. a tweet from somebody named Pat Ward who tweeted out, Blueberry Pie Oreos. And Mike Kenny said, Blueberry Pie Oreos. Clearly, we are at the end of days or out of taste, maybe both. Blueberry pie Oreos? Okay. No. Oh, no. No. Uh, sorry, I was stuck on his Twitter handle because you said MJK45039. I'm thinking 86745039. Kenny. <laughs> yeah, Kenny. You know Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah. 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 But yeah, blueberry pie <laughs> sorry, Oreos. Sorry, Mike. No. We've already been oh, over no. this, yes. Mm-mm. And then. Mm-mm. Ted Cagney on Facebook said he he gave us a picture of peanut butter and jelly Oreos and asked if we'd seen these yet. And unfortunately, Ted, yes, we, we've seen those. Unfortunately. I will not try them. Oh, no. Also, didn't Jason's wife send us waffles and syrup or syrup? Yes. Oreo? Yes. Disgusting. Yes. Disgusting. No. Yes. All bad. Now, now all bad. S- yeah, all bad. Now, speaking of Oreos, Cool Aunt Claire... Tweeted, I hadn't bought Oreos in years. Then, speaking of Tangents podcast, planted the seed. Better than Nabisco's own advertising, they should get a cut. I agree. Well, I'm for that. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's no way we would do some Oreo subliminal advertising for Oreo, you know. No way but at all. I would certainly do some Oreos, some upfront Oreo advertising if, you know, Nabisco Oreos wanted to actually give us money Oreos for, you know, talking about them. Definitely. We're gonna, I'm going to move on to the quiz. The quiz we took that Ed Butt wrote for us about um, oh, yeah. 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s music primarily, mm-hmm. some 80s. Ed Butt at EDB1947 tweeted, Just heard KJ and Jason take my quiz on Speaking of Tangents. Great job, guys, especially for peeps your age. You should have heard me cheering for you. Well, that's nice. I'm glad. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. Now, and Michelle Miller at ER Nurse MEM, she mm-hmm. said, Ooh, I got all but one of the quiz questions right. My mom listened wow. to all those songs a lot when I was a kid. That's really good because some of those were tough. Uh, I think the last three we completely missed. Yeah, I, I think so. We didn't get many of them right. We got the Mm-mm. first couple right. Yeah. Well, we, I think we did pretty good. We did. We would have passed. We got like six out of ten or something like that. Seven out of ten, maybe. We would have passed barely. Eight out yeah. of ten. Yeah, but it was we still got all fun. but one. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think we did get them all. So yeah. And and John Cougar Mellencamp came up when we were talking about that quiz, and yes. we'll end this feedback with, I don't know if it's a moral dilemma, but it's sort of like a what would KJ do or what would JF do. Mm-hmm. 
It's from uh, Tony Beeson emailed us and he said, John, John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp, whatever you want to call him, I have a story. When I first met the woman to whom I was soon to be related by marriage, she was a manager of the Red Lobster in Bloomington, Indiana. While we were dating, she told me that John Mellencamp had come into her restaurant. But here's the thing. She made him wait in line in the lobby, just like all the normal people, until a table was ready. Dumbfounded, I said, what? You didn't whisk him off to his own table right away? We have been debating. We have been having the debate for the past 28 years of our marriage. I think Mr. Pink Houses should have been treated with more respect. But she argues that he is, or was, just another customer. Which side are you on? Mm-hmm. So that, I think this is pretty clear. It's pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. Same for me. I'm on Tony's wife's side on this one. He, that he's just a regular guy. He's just another customer. Absolutely. Yeah, the bigger you question... You go to Red Lobster, you get treated like a person who goes to Red Lobster. Yeah, I don't think that anybody going into Red Lobster is even expecting special treatment. Mm-mm. I think he's taking that on himself. I think if you go to a restaurant where they actually make reservations and you walk in, mm-hmm. they, should, they should seat you right away and they should take your reservation right away if you call and you're you know, a famous person. Yes, but even if you, let's say you had a reservation for 8.15, you were a celebrity, and the other person had a reservation for 8, but neither is open yet, but then they make, the staff decides, oh, I'm going to clear off the celebrity's table first. That, I don't agree with that either. Well, I think if a celebrity calls and makes a reservation at your restaurant, you should reserve a table for them somewhere within, you know, 15 minutes ahead of time that's away from the rest of the crowd or whatever, unless they, you know, unless they, you know, request somewhere in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. you get somewhere that's more secluded, that's more away from people where, you know, people won't be sitting there staring at them when they're trying to eat. Right. And you reserve and you hold that table uh, in plenty of time so that when they get there, they walk in and sit down. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's fine yeah. with me, but you, you can't be, I don't think you can be like Tony's wife did, made him wait in line. If he doesn't have a reservation or if it, why, he's no better than anybody else. Right. Well, to me, Red Lobster is yeah. in the same category as like McDonald's. Not, mm-hmm. not really, but it's not, it's not high-end restaurant. It's, no. I don't think they take reservations at Red Lobster. I don't I, think they They don't they have do. like a valet out front. No, I don't think they so do. So you go to Red Lobster, just like you go to McDonald's or you go to, you know, Starbucks, you're waiting in line. Yeah, and I don't think he it's was first expecting come, first it either. And I'm cool with it. Uh-uh. I, th- I think it'd why be, else would he go to Red Lobster? Right, and I think it'd be actually kind of weird the other way around. Like if he walked in and she had said, "Oh, Mr. Mellencamp, let's get you in right now while there's ten people waiting." <laughs> yeah. That that yeah, I, I think that would be um, weirder. Or there's no reason yeah. to do that. That's why I want to be famous, so I can go into Red Lobster or walk into like McDonald's and say. I'm going right to the front of the line yes. at this fancy restaurant that I'm at. And yes. act like I'm, you know, some big deal. <laughs> when it's, you're at Red Lobster, man. Come on. Red yeah. Lobster's, you know, not McDonald's. It's not like fast food, but it's also not high-end restaurant. It's no. like going to Olive Garden and saying, this fine Italian restaurant, it's one of the best, you know, has the best Italian food I've ever had. No. <laughs> right. It's Olive Garden. Yeah. It's, have you seen, speaking of the office we talked about before, have you seen the episode where... Michael Scott takes the business trip to New York, to New York City. Yes. 
and he comes out of the subway and he's like, hey, I want to show you, you know, one of the one of the greatest pizza places, you know, it's original pizza, you know, only get it here in New York. And he goes up and it's Sbarro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I had forgotten. That's going that. to Red Lobster. That's the same level yeah. of I'm going to go get a fine meal. I'm going to Red Lobster. No, it's it's fine. It's it's decent. It's it's not terrible. It's Olive Garden, Red Lobster, all that kind right. of stuff is the same level. It's not high end re- restaurant. It's not you call and make a reservation. So if you go there, you are you know you wait in line. Yeah, and if if he had Mr. Mellencamp had gone in there and Mellencamp had gone in there and said. I need to be seated right now. I think that's just as weird. Oh, that's super weird. And that would be a really bad, um, I guess that would be a douchebag thing to do. <laughs> and just to, con- and just to, just to reaffirm, I'm still calling him Cougar, by the way. Okay. Cougar. Mr. Cougar. Yeah. So we're on, um, Tony's wife's side on this one. Absolutely. Hey, you can't go wrong when you're, when you're siding with the woman to whom you're related to by marriage. That's right. Yeah. Um, I've learned that over 21 years. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good lesson. It's a good move. Yeah. It's a good move. (laughs) Um, do we have, do we have any more feedback or Amazon reviews or anything? Eh? Eh? Um, (laughs) now I don't even remember which one it actually is. I think that'll wrap it up for this week, mate. All righty. Thank you so much, Mr. Fuse. Don't you know? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Goodbye now. Bye. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Craft services provided by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Speaking of food, my friend Rachel, the one who I mentioned earlier uh, that delivered the state fair fair to us, well, Rachel went back to the state fair two days later and took her boyfriend for his first time ever at the fair for another 12-hour day. No word on whether they are still dating. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love the fair. And I love you.